morning, take your Bibles to the book of Colossians and the first chapter, Colossians and the first chapter this morning, and uh, we will uh, read and pray, and I'll give you quickly uh, this morning the thought that's in my heart, uh, as quick as I can, rather, uh, Colossians chapter number one, and uh, we... Uh, we need the Lord, don't we? We need the Lord. Um, we're, we're living in perilous times. We're, we're living in days when maybe you could play church and religion in days gone by, and, but we're living, there's more devils and there's more troubles and there's more hell coming at this generation. You're gonna have to have, you're gonna have, to have two scoops of something real. I mean, you're going to have to have both handfuls of the truth. And uh, we, we, we need that this morning. It's, 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 it's not uh, side-picking time as far as, as, far as uh, uh, in and out or uh, personal issues. It's, 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 it's uh, standing on the truth, meeting with God, needing the Lord, Depending on the Lord, uh, it, it's not about our, our, and I understand preferences and stuff like that, I understand all of that, but it's not about, well, they don't do it like I do it, and so I don't like them, they don't do it the way I would do it, and so I don't care for them. Uh, if, if you're standing on that King James Bible, and you're, and you're talking to the Lord, walking with the Lord, seeking the Lord, going after sinners, uh, that's what we got to have this morning. And we need the Lord, we need his help. Uh, Colossians chapter number one uh, this morning. Colossians chapter number one. Uh, I feel like I need to explain myself maybe. I think y'all understand what I mean. There's no room for compromise. That's not, you, y'all, I've been your pastor long enough, there's no compromising. But this splitting hairs within the church over differences in opinion, just you're in the same church. I'm not talking about what they're doing somewhere else. I'm talking about in here. You're in the same church. Uh, God's put you in this same body. And uh, we, we need one another. And uh, we, we need the Lord. Colossians chapter one, let's stand this morning and read three verses. Verse 12 giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We'll stop reading there. Lord, we thank you again. We come before you again. We, we certainly are grateful of your goodness and mercy and help that we've received this morning. God, thank you this morning that you're good to us. Lord, we bless your lovely name. God, I pray now you'd touch the preaching of the word of God 
In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. Um, years ago, I, uh, uh, God called me to preach. I was 16, and uh, one thing, you're familiar with it in the church, uh, when uh, young people are coming up, they, uh, we, we encourage them to do this, to have preachers as heroes and uh, I like that. I think I think you ought to have some godly people as your heroes. Um, I, I think you ought to. Uh, you might want to replace whoever the cool hip band is in America right now. They're gonna fade away in just a little while, anyways. Uh, find a picture of an old preacher and put it up and say, I want, I, "Not that we're gonna worship people, but if you're gonna if you're gonna want to aspire to be like somebody, find a little old granny in the church and put her picture up and pray for her and say, I want to live a godly, clean life.'" Uh, I, I, th- I think this morning that we ought to make much of the people of God. Uh, I, uh, uh, I, I used to sign when I'd preach and people would ask me to sign their Bible. I'd sign Psalm 119.9. It was a verse that my grandmother gave me uh, when I was a child. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Uh, and uh, some of you, I've signed your Bible, and if you look, that's the text, Psalm 119.9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Uh, in recent, for years, I, if anybody ever asked me, preacher, you signed my Bible, I, uh, and I've got old Bibles that, from my childhood, and I've got names of men in there. I, I remember uh, Harold Seitler preached for my grandfather, Lee Robinson preached for my grandfather, different men, and I'd have them sign my Bible. Uh, Brother Bob Tyson uh, in Honduras, and his, I had his wife, Miss Jones, sign my Bible. I've got old Bibles. One of these days, I'm gonna give them to my kids, and and uh, that means something to me because these men are heroes and they're gone and they're wives and they're gone. And, and, uh, but my grandmother signed my Bible and she gave it to me and she put that in there, Psalm 119.9. And uh, for years, that was the text that I used. That's a good text for a young man or a young lady. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How, do you wanna li- how are you gonna live a clean life? How, how are you gonna live a life that's clean, whether you're a young man or a young lady? By taking heed. There too, according to thy word. If you'll do what the book says, it'll change your life. How many of you believe that this morning? In recent days, Colossians 1, 12 through 14 has been the verse that God has given me that I have put in people's Bibles when I sign. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12 through 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And uh, verse 13 and verse 14. What a tremendous uh, text this morning for a child of God. Aren't you glad to be a part of something? Aren't you glad this morning that we have so much to be thankful for? Uh, I'm aware of the time I I, I am, and so I uh, will just cut to the thought this morning. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I preached out of Psalm 105, on oh give thanks unto the Lord. And my heart is still there in that thanksgiving mode. Uh, And this morning I wanna preach on giving thanks again. I I wanna preach again rather on giving thanks. And Paul tells us in Colossians uh, to the church at Colossae, he writes and he said that I, Paul, am giving thanks for what he's done in your life and my life. 
I, I'm, I'm giving thanks for what God's done in my life. Uh, because I know what he's done in my life, I'm giving thanks for what he's done in your life. Isn't that the way it is when you're a Christian? Isn't that the way it is when you're saved? Uh, it was wonderful when you come to the altar. It was wonderful when you bowed before the Lord. It was wonderful when you got saved. Uh, and you get to relive it over and over and over again. Every time some sinner comes to church for the first time and, and, and you sit there in your pew and you're excited and you say stuff like this, God, go get them just like you did me. You did it for me, do it for them. I know you can can save them because you saved me. And, and, and you anticipate that and then they, they one Sunday morning get up out of their pew, go get on the altar and weep their way to God, get born again and you say, praise God, look what God did for me. I'm reliving it as I'm watching God do it for somebody else. Uh, sometimes you were saved, sometimes folks come to church and they're saved, but they're out of the will of God and, and, and they come and they dedicate their life to the Lord and somebody sitting there in the pew says, man, I know what that's like, that was me. And there's some thanks that overflows your system as you realize that that was once me and maybe just a year or two ago or maybe nearly a lifetime ago, that seemed like it was you, but you can go back down memory lane uh, maybe, maybe you, you, you come to church as Maddie testified of her parents and said uh, they come to church and it was almost over and, and it was bad and it wasn't getting better and, and we walked into the doors of the church and we've been here ever since and God, uh, and, and, and then you see that in somebody else and you say, look what God did for me. God can do that for you. And that's what Paul is feeling as he says, I, as I'm looking at you, uh, I'm giving thanks to God for what he's done for us. I'm glad to be a part of your story. I'm glad to be a part of what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. And so he talks in the plural sense, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us. He didn't just do it for me, and he didn't just do it for you, but he's done it for us. And he said, I, I want to give him thanks. I, I read uh, a couple of verses last week to you, or a couple of weeks ago, Romans chapter 1. And verse number 21, uh, Paul said, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, he also writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1, and verse 2, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and watch this accusation, unthankful and unholy. Said when perilous times get here, men will no longer be thankful. When troublesome times arrive, when sin is at its highest, when it is the rule of the land, there will be a generation of individuals who will lose their thanks giving. And I, I want to say to you this morning in the thought of giving thanks, and Paul said we're giving thanks to God for these reasons, and just a moment I'm going to give you the reasons that he's thankful to God uh, for his salvation, uh, but, but, but as, I, as I consider that and you break that word down, it is thanksgiving. 
It is me giving uh, thanks to God. And, and uh, that, that is a duty of everybody, whether you're saved or not. You ought to be thankful. Uh, and I'm not gonna preach this morning against the young people. Uh, they learn most of what they know from us. And what they didn't learn from us, they learned what, from what we allowed. Uh, and so either way, I'm responsible, you're responsible uh, for the situation uh, for the most part that we're in today. Uh, but young people are not taught to be thankful. And they're taught that from complaining parents who complain about everything. They complain about the church, complain about the preacher complain about the weather, complain about the politics, complain about their job. Why don't you just thank God that you got a job? Well, I don't like my job. Be glad you got one. Uh, thank God you got a church this morning. And they, and they hear uh, complaining about everything uh, and they grow up unthanked. I'm gonna tell you this morning, you got every reason in this world to be thankful. How many of you are thankful to be an American this morning? Amen. Amen. How many of you are thankful to be in the house of God this morning? Thankful for the health uh, that God has granted us and given us and blessed us with. Thank God for the Bible that I have. Thank God for the family that I have for the friends that I have, for the ability that I have. God has been so very good. And if men, you'd spend half the time thanking God for what we do have that we spend complaining about what we don't have. What a difference that would make. Well, preacher, you just don't know my situation. I may not know your situation, but I know your Savior. <laughs> if he's yours. I may not know your situation, but I know the salvation that you claim that you have. I know what it is. Yeah. Paul said, I want to give thanks, and there's three things this morning that he gives thanks for, maybe more, but three that I want to show you. Verse number 12, let me, let me give them to you real quick and, and, and implore you to do this as well, and we'll go to the house Verse number one, and my goodness, hadn't God met with us this morning. Don't you just want to thank him that one more time he come by and talk to us. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, watch this now, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Paul said, I first of all I want to thank God that he made us meet. I alliterated that and, and I'll... I, uh, I'll give you three F's this morning uh, and we'll be done. But what Paul said is, I want to thank God that he made me fit. That word meet means fit. It means qualified. It means that I am capable or able to do something. Uh, he hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. I guess the alternative to that is that there was a time that I was not meet, I was not fit to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. But Jesus, when he saved me, has made me fit to get a hold of and to get in on everything that God is doing for his church. Uh, this partaker's of the inheritance of the saints in life. Uh, our first father, Adam, 
lost our inheritance. Our first father, Adam, sold it out for sin. And there's never been a man ever since that was fit to be a partaker of everything that God had. We were all born sinners. We were all gonna die sinners. We were all gonna live in sin because no one was fit to get the inheritance that God had for his people after Adam's sin. But one man was fit. There was one man that was fit. There was one man that was meat. There was one man that was equipped and capable of getting everything God had and not ruin it. Every man ever touched anything God had, he ruined it. He ruined his family, he ruined his children, he ruined his home, he ruined his life. He was not meat, he was not fit, he was not equipped to handle the goodness of God. But Jesus is fit. Jesus is equipped. Jesus is able. And because of Jesus, he hath made us fit. He has made us equipped. I am equipped for all heaven's God. I am equipped for all God's God. I am fit for all God wants to do because of the cross of Calvary. I didn't fit in church. I mean, you know, you ought to be welcome to church. How many of you believe that? I think everybody ought to be welcome to church. Red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children. You say, that's a child song, not a Bible. It's a Bible truth. There's folks of all different colors in that Bible that God saved and God loved. I think everybody ought to be welcome to come to the house of God. If you're living in a mountain of sin and you're the king of the mountain, I think you ought to be able to come to the house of God and be welcome. I think somebody ought to put their hand out and say, we're glad that you're here, but just because you're welcome don't mean you're fit. Just because you're welcome does not mean you belong. Just because you're welcome does not mean you have rights to everything that God has. Because in your sin, in your sin, you are unfit. You're unfit for God's heaven. You're unfit for God's goodness. You're unfit for God's glory. And you're unfit for God's grace. But oh, I want to tell you, if you ever bow down a sinner, Jesus so changes you that he gives you the ability because of who Jesus Jesus is to be fed for all God's God. Uh, I went to Bible college um, with a boy that his father died. And his father had some money, uh, a lot of it. And he had sons, and his sons didn't earn that money. They didn't work for that money. They didn't know the value of that money. Uh, the boy's mama had died when he was a kid and all he had was his father and his father had something that he had worked for and he had saved and he had put back and when he died, all of that went to this boy and his brothers. Uh, they received an inheritance that they did not know how to handle and in about six months, he bought vehicles for his friends for people he didn't even really like, but they said, hey, you bought this one for them. He's buying trucks for people. And, and, and in about six months, he spent everything that was left him of his father because he didn't know how to handle it. 
He didn't know what to do with it and he ruined every bit of it. Sounds like me and you this morning with the grace of God. God give you grace and you, you'll, you'll walk all over that. God give you mercy, you'll walk all over that. God give you all the blessings of heaven and you'll defile them in a second because without God on our own, we're all messed up. And so what Jesus had to do for me and you is he had to take us to a cross and he had to die in your place. He died for you and he died as you. And when you came to Calvary, you came to God unfit. You were unqualified. There was nothing God had in heaven that you deserved. There was nothing God had in heaven that he owed you. You couldn't handle it. You'd have messed it all up. But when you came that night or that morning or that hour and you knelt before God and said, God, I'm not. You were telling the truth. God, I came. That's the first time you ever told God the truth. God, I don't know how. And boy, now aren't we talking honest. And about that time, God said, all right, then I can, I will, and I do. And when you became one with him, you are now fit. Does that make sense? I can come in church this morning and I've always been welcome but before I got saved I sure didn't feel like I belonged. Can I get a witness right there? You sit in church and say, well I don't know what's wrong with these people but we're just not the same. You, you come to the house of God and say, I just don't know why they like going back. That just don't make no sense. I get going on Sunday to make my conscience feel good but why in the world would they go back on Sunday night? Are y'all hearing me this morning? I don't, I don't know what in the world that, that, that they like so much about that preacher's kind of boring and, the, and you know, the singing's good. I hear that all the time. Boy, I love the singing. If you just didn't preach, you know, it'd be good. I'm kidding. Nobody tells me that, but I know they think it. I just don't get it. I just, why are they worshiping? Why are they shouting? It's because you don't fit. You say, preacher, you mean that you come to church this morning to tell me that the club you're in, it's not a club, but the, but the, but the place you're in that, that you fit, but I don't? That's what I come to tell you. I'm in on something you don't fit in on if you've never been to Calvary. I'm a part of something you don't belong in. You're welcome to hang out with us. You're welcome to, you're welcome to go to church with us, but you just don't fit. Preacher, I didn't come over here this morning to be told that I didn't fit. Well, that's what you just got told. If you've never been to Calvary, if you've never been born again, if your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you can come here all you want to. You can enjoy our singing. You can tap your toes and shake your hand and clap your hands, but I want you to know that if you've never been born again, if you've never been to Calvary, if your name's never been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you can come here, but you just don't fit. Well, that's bad news. No, that's great news, because that'll make you want to fit. That'll make you want to be a part. That's why I believe church ought to be alive. That's why I believe church ought to be exciting. That's why I believe church ought to be real. Because if you ever get a hold of something real, somebody who's struggling through life will say, I want what they've got. I want in on what they're in on. And Jesus can make you fit as well. Anybody remember the first time you came to church and you felt like you didn't fit? Y'all talk honest to me now. Anybody, am I talking to anybody you felt like I don't fit there? You know why the world loves a contemporary church? Because they fit. 
You want to put up a rock concert and strobe lights and a smoke show? Man, that looks like what they were doing Saturday night. Oh, I fit there. That, that preacher's as messed up as I am. Listen, we're all messed up, but, 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 but I do believe this morning that God's given us some Bible guidelines for what a preacher ought to be so he can be a good leader. And he's got more wives than, 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 than you got. It's gonna be hard for him to talk to you about leading your home. Huh? And his kids are all messed up. Listen, mine could go crazy tomorrow, but there's, a, there's something about when a man can't control his seven-year-old or his eight-year-old, he probably don't have no business, according to the word of God, running the church house. And so they'll say, well, I don't fit over there. That's mean church. I don't fit over there. That's one of them Bible-thumping churches. I don't fit over there. That's one of them holy roller crowds. Let's go find us a place where the strobe light and the lights turn down dim and a smoke show and a concert and everybody's going to everybody's house afterwards, staying up to three o'clock in the morning, telling, no telling what they're doing. That's what we want. You know why? Because they fit. But you ever get an old boy and he's tired of sin? You ever get an old girl, she's tired of what it's brought in her life. She's tired of where sin has brought her. She's done with the smoke show and the strobe light and the crowd that runs with that crowd. And she said, I need Jesus. She'll find her and he'll find him a place where he don't fit, but there's room at the cross. And if you go to Calvary, you can fit. Paul said, I know this ain't what the world's doing in Colossae. I know this ain't popular, but I want to thank God that a bunch of misfits and a bunch of messed ups and a bunch of sinners now have a place where we can fit in the family of God. I didn't belong here, but I do now. This didn't used to be my crowd, but it's the best crowd I know. I didn't belong here, but I'm glad I got lost so I could be found. I didn't start out here, but thank God Jesus rescued me and put me in his church. Made me fit. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Everything Adam lost now belongs to me. Everything Adam lost now belongs to me and much, much more. He made us fit. He lifted me out of the deep miry clay He planted my feet on the heavenly way. If I knew how the rest of it went, I always forget songs when I start singing. I'll tell it wherever I go because I want the whole world to know I'm glad that he loved me so that he lifted me out. I guess we could say it like this. He made me fit in the house of God. 
He made me fit. You name all the heavenly stuff and that's where he made you fit. He made me fit. I'm trying to move past that, but I'm trying to tell you I didn't belong here. I wasn't supposed to be here this morning. I don't know if y'all knew that, but I wasn't supposed to be here this morning. Where was you supposed to be? Well, I fit in hell. I fit in jail. I, I, I fit in a shallow grave. I, I, I fit in a crack house. I, I, I fit in a, in a homeless shelter. I, 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 fit in a, I fit under a bridge. I, wherever folks are hanging out, that's where I fit. Here's another song. But a man came along. His name was Jesus. That's all of that song I know. <laughs> but a man, it was so good though, I'll sing it again. Came along. His name was Jesus. He made me fit. He made me meet to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. <laughs> I'm a good songwriter. I've been trying to tell y'all. He made me fit. If you're sitting in here this morning and you say, I just don't feel like I fit, you might not. But it don't have to stay that way. <laughs> That's we're all giving thanks. Because we come in here one day and somebody preached the word of God and they say, he's talking to me. And somebody said, there's a heaven and you're not going if you've not been born again. We got our feelings hurt. But we come back again to hear what he's gonna say again. And he said, Jesus is the way. And if you don't come through that way, you're not going all. One morning, one night, one day, one evening, we up from our pew, we came and knelt down before the Lord and said, God, I'm tired of fitting in in this world because I know this ain't all there is, but I can't fit in here. And Jesus so transformed your life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, but all things are become new. And that moment when he saved you, he made you fit. That's not an American thing. That's a church thing. That's a Christ thing. How old were you, Brother Kevin, when you got saved in the Philippines? Wasn't that right? 18 years old. The same God saving folks over here. Go all the way to the Philippines, save one when he's 18 years old, make him fit. Hallelujah to God. In a month from now, we're going over to Albania. Uh, me and a couple of the men from the church, we're gonna meet up with Brother Aaron and, and we're going to cities where, where there's no preachers yet. You say, what are you gonna do? We're carrying Bibles and we're praying that God will send a man so a crowd going to hell can get in on what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. God saved one over there, saved a bunch over there, but God saved one recently and called him to preach. It's Brother Aaron's first preacher. He's going with us, Lord willing. 
And he's gonna tell a bunch of folks that don't fit. I'm gonna tell you about how you can fit in. I never get done with messages. Ever. And y'all don't put no time frame on me, but I know them seats get tiresome. Them pews get hard. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet. I think that's worthy of some thanks this morning. God, the only place I ever fit was hell. This morning I, I fit, grace fits real good on me. I tried it on, it fits just right. Mercy fits real good. Peace, I mean, it just fits my life. Joy, <laughs> I, it didn't fit. I tried it on before I got saved, it didn't fit. But now that I'm saved, joy sure does fit. Mercy, long-suffering, forgiveness. That's a hard thing to do when you hadn't been to Calvary and been born again, but when you've been forgiven of everything you've ever done, you try that on for size and it fits real good. Love. It just fits. It just works. I got a preacher friend. God saved his daddy. His daddy was wrong side of the tracks, rough. God saved his daddy and uh, before he was born. His daddy, not long after he got saved, surrendered to preach. Not long after that, they made him the song leader at the church. He didn't even know any of the songs. They said, well, you'll learn them. And so the first time he looked at the songbook, he was going to lead Amazing Grace. And he realized he always thought it was amazing. Amazing Grace. Like amaze, it don't make sense. It didn't fit. Amazing grace. And he looked at that songbook for the first time and shouted all morning when he realized that it's not amazing, confusing grace, but it's amazing. It's amazing grace. Yeah. <laughs> I was preaching in Chatsworth, Georgia years ago. Very first man I ever witnessed to, he wasn't a man when I did. God saved me when I was a boy. And I've told y'all this story before. God saved me when I was a boy. And uh, I, I went to school one day and we were running laps in PE. And Daniel Rodriguez had bought a pair of, uh, his mom and daddy I guess, had bought a pair of Reebok pumps. Anybody from the 80s and 90s remember Reebok pumps? You hit that button and pump them shoes up. And it made you jump like, uh, you know, whoever. Mike, it wasn't Michael Jordan because you had to have Air Jordans to do that. Whoever wore Reeboks then. Larry Bird or something, I don't know. And uh, Daniel Rodriguez had bought some Reebok pumps and my mom and dad were cheap and I had Everlast shoes from Kmart. Anybody in here from the 80s and 90s remember Kmart? And Everlast. We'd go to Kmart to get school clothes. That, that meant rustler blue jeans. You could pass them down to seven children. And none of them would ever wear the knees out. These boys now wear these, these, uh, these new style Wrangler pants. And I bought me a pair not too long ago. They last about three weeks. And, and then you rip the pockets off of them. They, fall. they used to make them where they'd last about three generations. 
them wrestlers, they had that knee patch on the inside. Can I get a witness from any of the men that had that knee patch on the inside? And, and you remember, you boys, you'd, uh, you'd, you'd hit, the, hit the ground on them knees. You could just slide, and, and you'd get up, and it just maybe a little grass stain, but there wasn't, no, wasn't no holes in them pants. And so Daniel had Reeboks. I had Everlast. And, and I thought, you know, the reason why I'm not running this mile this quick is because if I had me a pair of Reeboks, that would add to my, that would help me cut the time off. We had to run that mile around the inside of that gym. We had a gym with no air conditioning. Man, I feel old saying that. Our gym had no air conditioning at Cahut Elementary School. So I said, Daniel, you ought to let me try them Reeboks on today. And he was such a good friend, he took his shoes off and he put my Everlast on and I run around the gym with his Reeboks. And it, I saved about six minutes. No, I'm, I'm, no, I run the same amount of time. Come to find out, that's a marketing gimmick and it don't work. I, it didn't help me a bit. But I sure looked cool. I, I felt so I felt so good about what he did. I thought I've got to do something for him in return. And 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 so the Lord, I'm just telling you how it was in my little 13, 12, 13 year old mind. No, I was younger than that. I was in elementary school. I was maybe eight or nine. The Lord said, Well, you can tell him about me. I thought, well, that's the only thing I got, Lord, because he don't want these everlasts or these rustlers that my cheap daddy makes me wear. And so I told I told, uh, I said, Daniel, you ever been saved? What's that? And I told him we were running around the gym, me and his Reebok shoes, running around the gym. You did something for me, I'm gonna do something for you. I'm gonna tell you about Jesus. And I told him, we run, around the, we run around the gym. I told him how to get saved. I asked him the next day, Daniel, did you, did you go home and ask the Lord to save you? I remember, I remember he said, well, I prayed, but I don't know. I talked to him some and kind of finally it just dissipated. Years went by and I, God called me to preach. I went to a different school, went to a Christian school. I didn't see him for years. I was preaching in Chatsworth, Georgia a few years ago. They put my name on a sign. said, Brother Josh Williams, preaching revival. And uh, he was working for a carpet company. We lived in Dalton. He was working for a carpet company in Chatsworth. And uh, he said, uh, one day I was standing on the porch. And here he come walking up the steps. Last I'd heard, he was in a gang in California. Tattoos all over his face. He come walking up. And I was scared at first. I didn't know who it was, this man walking up. He meant business. He walked up on that porch, and I could see before he got there all the joy. It just, I mean, just Joy. Them tattoos didn't even matter at that point. It was just more joy coming off of his face than them tattoos were. And he said, Josh Williams? I said, Daniel Rodriguez, what in the world are you doing here? He said, well, I seen your name on the sign. And I had heard that God had called you to preach. He said, and they, folks talked about it and say, you know, Josh Williams preaching now. He said, I had heard that. He said, I didn't know any other Josh Williams, and so when I seen your name on the side, I had to come see if it was you. I said, buddy, I ain't seen you in 20 years. How in the world are you? He said, well, I wanted you to know. 
He said, I got all the way over to California. I was in a gang. He said, I watched my brother get murdered on a park bench right in front of me. He said, and I realized there's got to be more to life than this. He said, I come back home. He said, I was looking for something. And he said, a man come to me. And he said, uh, I want you to go to church. We're having dinner on the ground. He said, I had no idea what that meant. He said, but I thought it would be interesting to go see a bunch of church people eat on the ground. <laughs> see, when you don't fit, you don't know what stuff... <laughs> You know what dinner on the ground, that means on this property we're having dinner. You can sit anywhere you want to sit, but I'll be sitting in a chair in the, in the air conditioner in the fellowship hall. He said, uh, I thought, well, I'll go. He said, and I went. And he said, and he preached. And he said, I knew he was preaching to me. He said, I didn't think God would save somebody. I'm talking about tattoo face. I'm not talking about just like one. I'm talking about the whole face, nearly. He said, but I told God if you'd have me, I'll, I'll have you. And he said, God took me and made me fit. You said he used them words, no, but that's what he meant. God took me and saved me. And he may not look like he fit, he may not have used to a fit, but honey, I got news for you. If Jesus ever washes your sin, if he ever takes you to Calvary, if he ever washes you in the blood, he'll make you meet. He'll make you fit. Come to the piano. Here's what he said. I just wanted to thank you. He was the first person who ever told me about him. I just want to thank you. I didn't belong either. But boy, I sure do now. Them are my songs. This is my crowd. There ain't nothing in this world I'd rather do than this. Because I used to not be able to, but now I can. Would you stand this morning? How many of you would come find a place in the altar and say, God, one more time, I just want to thank you that I fit. One more time, I just want to give you thanks that I belong. Not because of what I've done, not because I'm religious, not because I'm good, but because and only because of what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary, I now fit. People's praying all over the building this morning. Would you come? Would you join them? Would you come and join them this morning? She's going to sing one verse this morning.